In today's show, we're looking at some buy low and sell high options for fantasy basketball leagues. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are here for a buy low and sell high show. A reminder as always, if a player appears on the buy low list, that doesn't mean that you have to trade for them and have to pay your know, top dollar or or you know, what you think they're going to become in terms of price in a trade. If a player's on the sell high list, it does not mean you drop them. It does not mean you have to get rid of them. You might just want to ride it out. These are just players who I think are either underperforming or overperforming what they're going to do for the rest of the season. I give my reasons why I think that. And then see if you can um, execute any deals on the back of that. This is not an exhaustive list. For example, I'll spoil it now. I don't have Steph Curry on this list as a buy low, but he is. But I don't have him on the list. I've just got some other players here. So this is not an exhaustive list. Oh, you don't have this guy. Is he not a buy low? That's not... I just don't have time to do everybody. Um, So we do five of each. And that is the way that this show works. But let's start. And what what someone did suggest this a couple of weeks ago, because I was doing the recap and doing, yeah, what what sell highs and buy lows I did the week prior and then seeing how they did in, in the week after that. And someone said, oh, maybe better to give it a two-week sample size. So I went, all right, let's do that. So we're doing a two-week recap from where the buy lows and sell highs sat two weeks ago. So the week 12 buy low show, if you are here on YouTube, you can see it on the screen. The buy low guys that I had in the week 12 show, so two weeks ago, we had Gary Trent, Aaron Gordon, Jakob Pertle, De'Aaron Fox, and Gordon Haywood as all buy lows. Trent, was 384th in the two weeks prior um, to that show. In the two weeks since that show, he's 92nd. There's a big tick there on the buy low. Aaron Gordon went from 334th to 103rd. Big big uh, tick there. Jakob Pertl went from 186th to 90th. Big tick. Darren Fox went from 180th to 110th. Big tick. And Gordon Haywood went from 157th to 48th. Huge tick. Right, so if you did manage buy lows on those players, you won every one of them. <clears throat> That's great news. The sell highs wasn't quite as clear cut. I had Jalen Brown, Kevin Love, Hamadou Diallo, Herb Jones, and Gary Harris. Jalen Brown was 28th. Over the next two weeks, he's 34th. So yeah, he's dipped a little bit, but not as much as I thought. Kevin Love has dipped insanely. 30th down to 243rd. Hamadou Diallo, again, one of the most obvious sell highs there was. 37th down to 153rd. Herbalife Jones actually didn't decrease. He's been really impressive. 72nd down to 60... Well, not down. Yeah, 65th. He's actually improved. And then Gary Harris went from 76 to 132nd. I think Gaz is going to drop a little bit more as we move on as well. So that's your recap on the show from two weeks ago, just to see how those buy lows and sell highs went. So let's talk sell highs right now. And let's look at who we're starting off with, and that is Chris Middleton who I believe his name's not actually Chris. I think his name's James. From memory, James Chris Middleton or something like that. I'm going to look it up because I remember it's something weird. Yeah, there it is. James Christian Middleton. There we go. Jimmy, JK. Um, so JK is the sixth ranked player over the last two weeks. 
<clears throat> he's ranked 16th in points leagues over that time. That is obviously really, really good. 44 fantasy points in this time. For the season, he's 56th in fantasy points leagues, averaging 35. And in category leagues, Middleton's the 35th ranked player. This is an, an obvious sell high. If you can get any top 20 player, top 25 player back from Middleton, I think you have to do it. He, what he has really done here, though, is the assists. Look at that, 6.8 assists. That is a huge jump because Drew Holiday is out. And for some of that time, Grayson Allen was out, George Hill was out, Dante DiVincenzo was out. So Middleton was basically playing as a point guard. And so his assists are way up. He's also pairing that with a gigantic three-point percentage. Now, he's a good shooter, but he's not a 52.6% shooter. So that's helped. And he's also nabbing 1.7 steals. So he's got the increased playmaking role, and then he's tied that in with increased shooting and increased defensive stats. It's hard to get one of those things to increase, let alone all three at the same time. Hence, why Middleton is a top 10 player over the last two weeks. That sort of production from Chris is just not realistic to continue. I've got Middleton as like a guy top 45 rest of season. Maybe he can be top 40. That's, that's fine. But that's why if you can trade him for a top 20, you do it. Otherwise, you ride it out. Like if someone wants to offer you a top 35 player for Middleton, you, you say, yeah, maybe if it makes sense. But otherwise, just ride out the hot streak. Yeah, when Drew comes back, some of this stuff will drop off. And then natural regression in the three-pointers and the steals will happen. But if you can acquire a higher ranked player, go ahead and do it. Bob Covington, again, injuries are a big reason for this. No Larry Nance, so Covington's playing 34 minutes a night over the last two weeks. And he's doing this. Remember, this is a guy that was outside the top 180 for most of this season. In fact, for the year, he's still not a top 100 player, despite having some hot streaks. But with Nance out, he's up to 34 minutes a night, and he's pairing that with gigantic defensive numbers. 2.5 steals and 1.5 blocks. He was <clears throat> unrosterable for weeks. And what I said at the time is I, I, the frustration's real with this guy. He's been benched. The minutes are low. But you know that if you drop him, you're probably going to regret it. But I understand dropping it, so drop him if you need to. But, yeah, that, it's paraphrasing what I said a few weeks ago. And then, of course, everyone gets hurt. He moves back into the starting lineup, and the defensive stats come in gigantic amounts. And he's killing it. And he's pairing the defensive stats, like Middleton, with an increase in shooting up to 47% from three. Now, Larry Nance will return at some point, and I imagine the 34 minutes drop down to maybe 28, maybe 27, maybe 25, I don't know. And then that'll probably pair in with a drop in shooting numbers and a drop in defensive stats. Yeah, I think he can be like a 100th best player this season, maybe, really dependent on steals. But 23rd in category leagues, 58th in points leagues is too high for Covington. If I got a top 75 back guy back, I'd be really happy. And I might suffer some you know, losses in the immediate future. That's the key to a buy low, sell high, is that you know that you're going to be worse off for the next week because that's how you got to sell it. You don't want to trade a bloke right on when something's happening. And we'll talk about the next guy in a second who's a little bit like that. But you've got to really... You, you, a good way... Some people ask, how do you do this? You're giving, giving up something, giving up a, a, a situation where you're going to lose for a week or so is a good way to convince people to come in and, uh, and sell their... or buy, the, buy their players buy the players off you at an inflated price. But if you know you know stuff, price picks, why don't you put your knowledge to the test? I've been telling you about price picks for a long time and there is an exclusive offer available on price picks for locked on fans, but you gotta use the code NBA. You get $50 for free. If a player in your first price picks entry scores a single point, that's basically free money. Like all you need to do is put someone in that lineup and they score a point. That is simple stuff. Price Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. 
What you do is you pick two to five players and an over-under on their individual projection, and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. So it's either points or rebounds or assists or steals, threes, fantasy points, and stick them all together. So you can just go in there, chuck those ones in there. Hey, Joel Embiid, over, over whatever his points are, if he gets one point, you get that 50 bucks free. But just simple. He, he's over-under set at 22 and a half points. You pick the over, you pick the under. Easy way. Combine them together. And it doesn't just have to be basketball. You can combine multiple sports together. So go to pricepicks.com or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use the code NBA will get $50 free if your first PricePix entry scores a single point. That's right. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first PricePix entry scores a single point. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. So Robert Covington's teammate is someone I want to talk about, and that is Anthony Simons. Now, I did say this a while ago. I said I wouldn't be looking to necessarily offload Anthony Simons as a sell-high player because I had doubts about CJ McCollum and his future on this team and what his role would be. But CJ McCollum's returning. This does not mean that CJ McCollum will stay in the lineup. It does not mean CJ McCollum will stay in Portland. That is still yet to be determined. But... It is worth inquiring on Simons to see what you can get. Because over the last two weeks, he's the 14th ranked player, 21st in points leagues. Now, he is not droppable. He is not a player that's coming outside the top 100 or anything like that. Right, but when you're talking a sell high, this bloke's still not a top 125 guy this year, by the way. That's fine. When we're talking sell high, like I think top 70, top 60, maybe top 50 when McCullum comes back is realistic. Because remember, I was going to say there's a chance. There probably isn't. But they were trying to go away from playing Norman Powell at the three. And the only way to do that is to have Simons coming off the bench. I'm not suggesting that they're going to do that. With how Simons has played, it'll probably be Simons, McCullum, Powell. But they were trying to get away from Powell at the three. Simons is doing a lot. right? Not only is he pairing gigantic minutes, 37 minutes a game, with huge assists, 8.4 assists. And this is the bloke who has never been able to generate big assists. And CJ McCollum has always thrived when playing as a point guard. So those assist numbers, they have to come down for Simons. He's also doing this shooting 58% from two and 49% overall, a guy who's historically had a bad field goal percentage. So huge minutes, huge assists, huge efficiency, all tying in together. CJ is going to return for how long, I don't know. And you're not just giving Simons away. But if I got, you know, I think he can be a top 60 guy rest of season around that mark. But if someone wants to give me a top 35 player back for Simons, I, I would take that deal. Even though there is an understanding that if, if McCollum comes back and then doesn't play, yeah, maybe something happens and he doesn't want to play anymore, um, that Simons could go back into the top 20. But I'm looking at this even saying, even if CJ is out, I think expecting 58% two-point percentage, 37 minutes a night every night, and even 8.4 assists, regardless of CJ's presence, is pretty hard to imagine Simons doing that on a regular basis. So I think he's he's outperforming with the extra opportunity, but also outperforming even if that extra opportunity wasn't necessarily there. Let's go to another point guard. We go to Washington. We go to Spencer Dinwiddie, who's had some real stinking moments this season, but at the moment, rolling. 29th over the last two weeks, 56th in points leagues. So what's he doing here? How's he doing this? Well, number one, I look at it, he's got 96% from the line on over five attempts, almost five and a half attempts per game. That is a gigantic number. This is a bloke who's like a mid-70s, mid to high 70s free throw player who can really lack in steals and threes, um, doesn't rebound the ball at all and could be a poor field goal guy. But hitting 96% from the line is gigantic. And even if he remains a very good free throw shooter, that's yeah, 86%. It's a big, big drop. 
this mean 96 percent is like one missed free throw over the last couple of weeks or two missed free throws it's something crazy he's averaging 18 points and seven assists and can that continue sure but remember bradley beal's been out and Bealo's returning today so dinwiddie's going to see probably minutes drop free throw percentage definitely drop usage drop maybe assist drop and that two-point percentage is also way up at 58 percent that's going to drop as well yeah, Dinwiddie is the 122nd ranked player this year. I think in that, I don't think he's a top 100 guy rest of season. So if I could get any top 100 player back in a deal for Spencer Dinwiddie, I'd absolutely be doing it. Could have had his brother here, but I'm going with Seth Curry instead. Seth is the 25th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 53rd in points leagues. He is playing a ton, 38 minutes a night. He's averaging 18, 5, and 7. The seven assists from Seth Curry, you don't expect that. There was a period where Shake Milton and Tyrese Maxey were out, and they were running Furkan Korkmaz at point guard. Maxey's back. Milton's still waiting for that to return. And he's tying in gigantic minutes, which should be in the 33-34 range normally, with big assists. Maybe he's only a 3-4 assist player. And he's also hitting 54% of his field goals. Now, he is an excellent shooter. We know that. But he's at 51% from three and 57% from two. There is gigantic regression, I would suggest, coming in that shooting. He is the 80, or sorry, 67th ranked player this year. I actually think he's going to be more like a top 80 guy rest of season. If you can get a top 50 player back, I would do that in a deal. It's not a real name, but hey, I was trying to like expand Seth out. Is there any expand? I've lost my mind. Let's talk about Bet Online because they want to wish you a happy new betting year for 2022. The NFL playoffs are almost done. Some uh, big blowouts in week one. And BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year. It's a new updated desktop site and mobile site. So sign up today and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code Locked On. From basketball to football, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the great offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay. Let's look at the Jedi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop, OG. Uh, you better stop, OG. OG Ananobi. Um, we know what Ananobi, we hoped for Ananobi. We hoped a usage spike, some more offensive ability from him this year. Um, still bringing the defense. And in general, he's sort of been, like, he's being around that mark. People are saying how disappointing he's been. Like, he's the 63rd ranked player. Like, that's all right. That's not that far off. But over the last two weeks, I said we're into by lows now. He's 116th. He's 85th in points leagues. And the defensive stats, they're just not there. He's had one block in the last seven games. Six steals only in the last seven games. This is a bloke who could be hitting two steals a game. He's hitting under one. He's also just at 70% from the line. He's had some moments of being a poor free throw shooter, but I do think that that's going to be able to improve. He's still averaging 19 and 5. He's hitting over three threes per game. But you go from you know, 1.6 steals, 1.5 steals to 0.9, it's a big drop. You don't block any bloody shots at all. Like he's one shot. It's a big drop. It doesn't seem like much, but adding those four blocks over seven games or six blocks over seven games or eight blocks over seven games is a huge difference as opposed to one. And same as having six steals as opposed to 15 steals. It is, a, it is a four, 12 steals. It's a big, big difference. And Ananobi is, you know, the, the rankings are suffering because of those drop-offs. And, and I do think they're going to come back. I think OG can probably finish this season top 50 rest of the way. Now, at the start of the show, did the recap from two weeks ago, and we had Kevin Love as a um, sell high. Well, now he's, he's terrible. 
243rd over the last two weeks, 185th in points leagues. The 21 minutes a night, that, that was one of the things that I talked about with Love is that when players returned, those 28, 29 minutes a game he was getting were probably going to come down. I didn't think they'd settle back to 21. I thought it might be 23, 24, but he's at 21. And he's tying it in with some other piss-poor performances. Has not registered a single steal over the last two weeks. We don't rely on Kevin Love for big steal numbers, but we'd hope for at least one of them. He's had two blocks and zero steals in seven games. He's averaging under 12 points per game and shooting 37% from the field. 37. He's only 31% from three as well. He's also averaging 1.4 assists, and we know Kevin Love's a good passer. Kevin Love was not that player that we saw at the start of, of or in, the, in that period where he was on the sell high. He's, he's not that good. No one could... I was highly skeptical of a bloke doing yeah, top 50 numbers in 22 minutes. Highly skeptical, as I said a million times. It's just not... I don't know how it's happening, and I don't think it's going to continue. But I also don't think that Kevin Love's ranked outside the top 40 rest of the season. Top 100, top 120, maybe... Like, just try and get him. Like, if some, some, People will drop him. People have asked me that question. Is he droppable? People will drop him. So that's the, the level that some people are viewing Kevin Love at. Kevin Love's UCLA teammate. His on-call play is disgustingly bad. Like, it's really bad. And he should not close games for the Lakers. He probably shouldn't start him for him either. But he's going to. And that means that we've got to look at his fantasy value. 224th, Russell Westbrook, over the last two weeks. 63rd in points leagues. And while that's a big discrepancy, we know that he's significantly better in points leagues than he is in category leagues. He's actually the 24th best player in points leagues this season. If that gives you an indication that points leagues don't at all value real NBA play, that's one of the the best uh, examples of that. But while I am criticizing Russell Westbrook, I have to look at these things and say, this isn't real. He's averaging 12, 8.5, and 6. 12 points a game for Russell Westbrook. I know he's a bad shooter. I know he's got some of the worst shot selection I've ever seen. But he's shooting 29.7% from the field. That is a horrific number. That is going to improve. I have no doubt that that will improve in some way. He's at 73 from the line, which is about right. He's hitting 11% of his threes and 32% of his twos. I know he's bad, but he is not this bad. He, well, maybe he is. No, he's not. He's not this bad. Also, a guy that's a terrible defender, but he does get a lot of steals usually. He's not getting them at the moment. He's played five games. He's got two steals over the last two weeks. Yeah, that, that jumps up to five or six steals in that time frame, and his numbers jump up significantly. He is 78th for the season. I think viewing him as a top 85, top 90 player is realistic, and see what you can get for him. Like See how, how cheap you can go, because people are frustrated with him. And the big negatives, they're much bigger than the ones you banked on when you drafted him or acquired him. He has, he has fallen way off. Low minutes, low field goals, and low steals. Let's go to another point guard, but he's more of a top-end player, and that's Trey Young, who's 41st over the last two weeks, 33rd in points leagues. Young has been one of the biggest surprises of the season. I had him as a second-round player. He is in the first-round value this so far this season, um, but you know, at the moment, falling away. He's ranked 7th for the year, and I do think top 10 for him rest of the year is possible. Over the last two weeks, he's shooting under 41% from the field. And one of the big reasons he's been able to step up this year is his three-point shooting, which was always dangerous but never high percentage, has been good. It's been really good. But over the last little bit, it's been bad, really bad. 26% from three. That, of course, three-point percentage is one of those categories that is a triple influencer. So you have a bad three-point percentage. Your threes overall drop. He's only hitting two a game. Your field goal percentage drops 41 a game, 41%, sorry. And he's averaging just 22 points. Three-point percentage comes up to 36, 10 percentage point rise. Your threes go up. Your field goal percentage goes up. Your scoring goes up. Your ranking goes up. You go back to the top 15, top 12. 
really easily. So a little bit of a buy low there. Again, I'd throw a top 20 player at Trey Young and expect him to be top 10 rest of way. His teammates on the list too, and that is the Baptist, Johnny Collins. Collins is um, he's struggling a little bit at the moment. 147th over the last two weeks, 136th in points leagues. Why is this happening? Collins, he had that top 20 season a few years ago. It's really hard for him to get back to that. I think there is a chance he gets traded. I'm not sure that it's likely, but I think there is a chance. He is 45th for the season, but really struggling now. The 31 minutes tonight, that's just what he does. Like That's not really changing. He's averaging 15 and 7, and the 7 rebounds, that's probably 8, 8.5 we should be looking at. But one of the big things that Collins was benefiting from this year was really good block numbers as the backup center. He is not getting that at all. He's blocked one shot and had one steal in his last five games. He's also shooting under 48% from two. And this is a bloke who really just gets by on dunks. He, he shoots threes and he shoots them well. But the two-point percentage is really low and it's dropping his overall efficiency. He's still hitting, amazingly, 58% from three. But he should be hitting 58% from two as well, given the, the diet of shots that he normally gets. He's also averaging under one assist per game, 0.8. Now, he's not a high assist player, but two assists down to 0.8 is a gigantic difference in overall value. And I think when we look at Johnny Collins, we've got to look at those blocks as being able to come up, obviously. The two-point percentage is being able to come up, obviously. And the assist, even if it goes to 1.5, it's still double what he's currently doing. View him as a top 50 player. Don't trade a top 50 player for him. Trade a top 75 guy, maybe. Top 70 player. And see what you can do. Otherwise, yeah, don't pay that price to get him. Don't pay top 50 to get him. Just see what you can do. Because he is struggling at the moment, no doubt. That'll do it. For me today, don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up and leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.